just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So this is how it's going to be. a solid backup. Chris has been shitting oh, on Coco all, all year. God, this guy apologized. I'm, I'm going to put him in double digit goals. He couldn't even get off the plane properly. He got hurt right, yeah. off, the, right yet, off the steps. But yet you're making love videos for Robbie Robinson. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 58 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD himself. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I got some water, and I'm ready to rock and roll, bro. Yeah? Ready to rock and roll after this L that we just took. Yeah, it was a rough one. It was definitely a rough one. Uh, we had um, a good time at the game before the game started. We finally made it yes. out to the green lot. Uh, a lot a lot of people out there, very hospitable. Thank you, Mike, and everybody for having us. It was awesome. Yes. Um, and thank you for taking care of Chris because he was so twisted that he really didn't know where he was for most of the game. Yeah. I uh, Thanks to the green lot gang and Mike and all of their bad influences, I, uh, I didn't get white boy wasted, but I think I got light boy wasted. So it's close enough. And uh, I, I had no idea what happened 60% of the game. So thanks for that, guys. Green lot. As, as, the, as halftime was approaching, Chris kind of leaned over to me. He says, Orlando scored? How did they score? I was like, holy crap. <laughs> You're going to have to I watch really this game over if we're going to record. Yes. Yeah. And it was a fun time, though. It was, a, like you said, very hospitable. You know, I, like I said, anybody that wants to go out and hang out at the Green Lot, you know, I recommend it. It's a fun time uh, right over on the on the side of the training facility. So good people. Yeah. All right. So Orlando showed up. They brought had to be at least 100 people out there. And um, I thought that, that they were well represented. And I kind of like when they're out there. Like obviously, this week it didn't work out for us, but I kind of like when they show up, they're loud. You know, it's, it's a lot more fun when we score and, and it goes back and forth. Uh, we used, Well, I used to sit before you became a season ticket holder. I used to sit right next yeah. to them when they would come down. And I had a lot of fun going back and forth, tripping with them. So it's, it's unfortunate yeah. they moved them all the way to the other side of the south side. But it was still fun. Uh, and it, it was cool. I, I had a good time seeing them out there. I mean, obviously, we didn't interact with any of them because they kind of like yeah. put them off to a corner. But it's yeah. fun kind of getting to yell at them and whatnot. Well, I think it's really cool to to see them come, you know, in a pretty big group. Uh, you know, before the game started, they all kind of gathered through the like the little secret gate on the side of uh, Drive Pink, over by where like all the reporters park and all that stuff. And yeah. there, there was a good, uh, like a a good two three hundred people, uh, at least. I don't that think I, it, was, it wasn't that much. Yeah, man, I think there was a good like two three hundred people. Man, they came, they came out. Yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid hundred. If you say two, three hundred, maybe I don't know, but I know that they had a good representation. Again, I, I love it. I, I love when when that rivalry can get up that way, and I hope that we have a good showing when we go up north, which I think is like in August or September. Um, so I, I guess we're gonna keep beating around the bush, or we're gonna get to nitty gritty. Because um, I mean, oh well, you know what? Before we do, I did have one thing I wanted to bring up real quick, and I mean, we we like to try to talk about this experience we had at the games before we actually get onto the pitch. And this is going to be real quick. Uh, I wonder if anybody else had an experience like this. My wife always goes at halftime to buy some Bustelo coffee. 
she went and they have a little kiosk where you have to order it yourself. She decided that she wanted to order a pastelito. She ordered this pastelito and they told her, hey, we don't have pastelitos. And she said, okay, that's fine. Give me get a refund. And they said, we don't do refunds. What? Now, I need somebody from Miami. If, if you're watching, you need to get this in order. Because how are you going to offer something, then not sell it, and that's fine if it's an error, but then say that you don't offer refunds. Now, I wasn't there. My wife came and told me about it later. I think it's BS. Uh, they ended up giving her something else in replacement, but I still think it's BS. One, to offer something that you're not really selling. Two, to actually tell her that she can't get a refund. So, and look at that. Matthew said that he did get a refund there before. So maybe it's just my wife. She was too soft. I got to bring Matthew in. He's the big guns. Yeah, yeah. All right. You're definitely missing on that right there. Matthew is the key to get. Oh, well, now Matthew is elaborating. He had to fight for it. So if they don't sell something, you should get a refund. Anyway. All right. So on to the pitch. Chris, we have lost again. I was seeing double. We, we, we felt like we were finally kind of building something. We felt like we figured out, yes, it's going to be boring. Yes. We're not a fan of the tactics. We don't like the whole being very defensive and playing the counter. It's very boring to watch. But if it gives us wins, we'll live with it. And with the talent we have on the roster, we felt that was the way to go. And I thought that that's the way we're going to keep going. But for some reason, we started shying away from it. It started with Nashville where we got a little too defensive, right? But then again, we we lost David Ruiz. We we didn't start Joseph. I I think it it was a middle-of-the-week game. So you and I both said, okay, maybe – because it was a random Wednesday game, they wanted to rest people for Saturday. We didn't want to put too yeah. much into it. But this week, we, we threw that out the window. We went back to, to that form where we were losing six games in a row. Yeah. We held possession. We tried to build up the sides uh, with the crosses, and, and it just wasn't working. That cross and pray doesn't work, especially for us with five foot five Joseph playing in the middle. Uh, what did you think about Saturday's game before we get into it in detail in general? Well, I mean, just generally speaking, I thought that there was poor play at least within four players that I can think of off the top of my head uh, during the game. And it was kind of disappointing to watch, to be honest, especially for such a huge game. Not just of this magnitude because it's like rivalry week, right? But we're talking about like this is a big game for our season. You know, we're talking about somebody that we're going to be competing for a spot in the playoffs with. They were literally a point over us. And so to take that kind of a loss against an opponent that's going to fare very close to us in the standings, I think that's just uh, ridiculous. I think the fact that we went, like you said, back to to how we were playing and the fact that it's a rivalry game. And I understand that for the players, a lot of times it's the same thing, right? Like, yeah, so them and it's the soccer not, game as the soccer game, right? They're not bleeding into Miami, uh, you know, yeah, pink and black and whatnot. Like it's more for the fans, but they they know what it means to us, and they feel it the environment at the stadium. Like they, it I felt almost like it was lackluster, and it was very frustrating to watch. And you know what? I I wanted to get on something real quick. Um, before I forget, you and I were talking, and we've been talking about this, and I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. I want to say maybe a month or so about how when we bring up what are our best defenders, a lot of people bring up Franco Negri. And everybody says he's one of our best defenders. He's one of our best defenders. 
I'm yet to see it. Like, I get it. I, he's not a bad player because he does contribute a lot offensively. That I can't take away from him. He does. Yeah. He contributes a lot on the left side. Those overlapping runs, the crosses, I get it. But defensively, I, you can't tell me that he's good defensively because I haven't seen it. Maybe he hasn't had opportunities to show it because he's never back there. But yeah. I saw more from Noah Allen in those 10 minutes to close out that New England game, was it, than I've yep. seen from Negri all year. And, and case in point, did you see that horrible marking that he had in the box on that first goal? Yes. That was brutal. That was brutal. That was brutal. I mean, look, sir, look, Matthew's Matthew right now is chiming in on the chat. Sergey is the best in the back, right? And look, Sergey's great, but I gotta say that Miller is doing it big for me right now. He is like number one defender in my eyes, and this is ahead of Sergey just for the simple fact that he's actually you know been playing a lot more lately. And Sergey didn't play two games ago, and then he was taken out of this game early. Um, I mean, I get it. Yeah, Sergey's good. He's super solid. Um, but it, it's kind of scary to see him come off. And to bring up the point that you did, right, Negri's marking on defense was horrid. If there was well, that anyone is. that had a play on that throw-in, because I asked you, and you were kind of half drunk, so you thought it was a corner, but it was a throw-in, bitch. All right. I think it was a corner, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. You're seeing kicks instead of throws. And, At least I but saw regardless, the goal. Yeah, you did see it. I didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. But when I looked back at it in the replay and in, in the game footage, yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, Negri, you had that opportunity to block that. What are you doing? I guess, Sergey, there's no way you have a shot at blocking that. Even even Miller. No. I mean, you got no shot either. No, Miller, Miller was over his right shoulder. He should have attacked yeah. that ball. But Negri, more than anybody, should have attacked yeah. that ball also. Uh, Sergi, I, I get it. Like, the, the way he was positioned, it would have been hard to get through. Uh, what was his name? Kara was his name? Through his body. But I think Miller and Negri should have had a chance at that. And it, it was very frustrating to see because it was almost like luck, the way he just hit the top of his head. Yes, he did guide it backwards. But, man, that was very frustrating to see, especially – the way we were playing, we, we we couldn't give up a goal like that, man. That, that was very, very frustrating. And, and oh, yeah, Mr. Krabs kicks in into the chat. You were drunk. Well, this team does make us drink. And that was before the game, Krabs. All right? I was looking forward. So that, that actually sat poorly with me. And then Pete Abronsky kicks in. Sergey, then Miller. Sergey, then Miller. Uh, look, it's 1A or 1B at this point. I mean, they're both... Let me tell you, those were two really, really great acquisitions to this defense. And you know, I mean, look, if, if we're gonna, Esteban, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna get to the Neville stuff uh, after we talk about the game. But I promise you, I am gonna ask Chris if he's finally on the train. Uh, for those listening on audio, we have people in the chat asking if Chris is finally on the fire fill train. Um, well, back to the Sergi thing. Was Sergi like? I don't know if anybody actually asked. Did they ask if he was healthy? Because if he wasn't feeling well, why did he start? And let me tell he, you something. I, 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 we said that he wasn't his fault on the goal. But yeah. there was a play earlier before that where yeah. he didn't mark his man. And then, uh, man, I keep forgetting this kid's name. It was Zakara, the, the striker for Orlando. Well, he got yeah. a, he was completely unmarked. Sergi was the closest person to him. He didn't mark him, got a clean-headed shot, and hit off the post. Should have been yeah. an, another goal. That would have been completely on Sergi. So I understand that overall he's been our best defender, but he had a really bad 30 minutes. And if, yeah. if he would, if they would have told me that it wasn't because 
he got subbed out because of his health. It was because of his poor performance. I wouldn't believe it because he played very poorly on Saturday. Well, I mean, I think I think with Sergey, I think that he may get the benefit of the doubt because of the injury. He was uh, uh, Neville was asked during the press conference about the substitution and why Sergey was brought off, and it was yeah, it's it's pretty typical because of injuries. He wasn't going to make it the rest of the game. Uh, I imagine that's it's to preserve him for the long term, I guess. Maybe he wanted to feel him out, see how much game time he could do at this point. Um, you know, I'm okay with that substitution. It's it's uh, the problem is, is it's like uh, what uh, somebody brought it up. Why play him in the first place if you know you're not going to get a solid half out of him or even a little I, bit more than a solid half? I thought you might have played it safe and played him as a sub. Like, bring him on as a sub if you think that you're trying to slow him in there. But, I mean, I guess Orlando, so it's a big game. So you yeah. want to get all your pick- – I, I don't know. I was very confused. And I was also confused that you started with a back five, and then when you take off Sergi, all of a sudden, instead of bringing in Sailor, you decided to go ahead and bring in Stefanelli. Now, I will tell you, once they made that change, all of a sudden they started attacking a little more. So I'll give yeah. them that. Tactically, they, they, they did look a little better offensively. But I, I didn't get it. Why give up on the back five that quickly? Well, and and Pete's kicking in. You know, he probably told the training staff he felt ready. I mean, I imagine they know when somebody feels ready or not. You know, Matthew's kicking in. The training staff's got to know better. Um, you know, bad call by the training staff, by Matthew. I mean, it's – look, st- the thing is, is that you have a really good defender in Sergey, and you want to give him the time. If he's saying he's ready, you got to kind of – let it play out, especially for a game of this magnitude. A game this big, you got to play your big names. Look, I, I, and I see a lot of people in the chat are saying Stefanelli was bad and he was horrible. I agree. I, I, if, if you listen to this consistently, you know I'm not a big Stefanelli guy. You know, I, I think he's only in there for the cardio. But I will tell you, once the cardio man went in on Saturday, his running around opened up Negri. Negri... If you watch that back, go ahead, and, and Apple TV, go ahead and watch just the first 30 minutes of that game. And you'll see Negri is non-existent on offense. He doesn't have the freedom to roam because he has to stay back on defense with that back line. And as soon as Stefanelli comes in and he starts making runs inside the middle of the field, inside the middle of the pitch, all of a sudden Negri is free to run up the flank. And Negri finally started getting up the field as soon as Stefanelli came in. So although Stefanelli technically... I wouldn't say is the best or even good so far for us this year. He did make a difference just by freeing up Negri on offense on Saturday. I guess his presence did, but I mean, and yes, look at what Lucas, that's what I mean. Yeah. And last year they... might've been able to do the same thing. Yeah. And now look at Lucas, the dropping the dime of the day here. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this yet, but he's saying he's asking a good question. I hate to say it, but tomorrow might be the game that decides the season. I no. mean, do you want an open uh, cup game? Like, are we, I understand are, that it's, are we it's there yet Nashville. for an open oh, cup no. game with a let, ten, I mean. let, let me tell you something. And I was looking it up and I was quite surprised right now into Miami as bad as they've been. And this is why I love the playoff system, by the way, as bad as they've been, there are only three points off of the ninth seed, technically the eighth seed. But the reason I say the ninth seed instead of the eighth seed is because the ninth seed, which I believe is Charlotte, has played one more match than we have. So we have a game in hand. So literally, if we could win one more game, we would be in the ninth seed. 
So no, this that doesn't decide. Tomorrow's an open cup game, first of all. And second of all, in this league, you go on a small three, four game win streak, all of a sudden yeah. you're seventh in the East. So no, this, yeah. this season is long from over. So I'm not worried about the actual season yet. I mean, obviously you want to get rolling soon, but no, I'm not too worried about that yet. I'll tell you what right here, Krabs is asking. He's basically saying if we lose tomorrow, it be the, the it better be the last straw for Neville. I do not think that tomorrow's game is the last straw for Neville, but I do think that this Saturday's game may be that game. And especially, I mean, I don't know if we want to go there yet, Danny, because we're still covering the game against Orlando. Right. Um, no, and I, I do want to get into this. Uh, uh, Steven uh, De Palma said summer transfer w- window decides the season. That I agree with. Because if we can hang tight, if we can hang tight until the summer, and all of a sudden we get a couple players that make a difference in the summer, kind of like we did last year with Pozuelo, all of a sudden we get a little run. We make it to the seventh, sixth seed, and all of a sudden anything can happen. So, yeah. yes, I agree 100%. The summer transfer window is what's going to decide this season. So, I mean, closing out the Sergey stuff, look, I really didn't like the fact that they subbed him off or or at least brought him on if he wasn't 100%, but I get why they did it, and it doesn't bother me why they took him off early. It doesn't. Well, uh, was he injured, though? Is that what, what Phil Neville said? Yes. Yes, okay. correct. He has, like, a knock or something. All right. Now, do you think that any of this – like the way we change tactically and whatnot, does it have anything to do with David Ruiz not being there? I I'd like to say no. I mean, I think that any good play out of the midfield, especially when it's not coming from the wings, makes a difference. And the fact that you see Kramashi and Ruiz out on the field at the same time causing problems and actually being productive in the middle of the field. And we're not talking about midfield left to right. We're talking about midfield right in the middle where they can be able to, to to healthily create for the strikers, then I would say, yeah, there is a little bit of a David Ruiz effect, right? I mean, if we're still working up the wings. I mean, look, I, I felt like David Ruiz played very well with Yedlin up the up the right side. And I felt yeah. like th- that freed up uh, Kramashi to kind of play towards the middle. I felt like on Saturday, Kramashi was playing out wide, and he just didn't look comfortable out there. Like that's weird. not his game. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was his game. I, I think that David Ruiz's absence, and I would have never thought back in the beginning of February when we were talking about the upcoming season that we'd be saying in May, like, man, we really miss David Ruiz. And it's only been like two or three games with him. But I do yeah. think that those two or three games where he played well, we won. And I think that that made a big difference. And I think not having him and having Arroyo back there by himself again, it, it, it kind of did ha- play a factor in how we played. And everybody is chiming in with this Pozuelo stuff, man. I mean, everybody misses him. And not only is – is and you, you're you talking about David Ruiz making a difference in the midfield. I don't know if you want to jump onto this one right here. But Pizarro missing in the midfield, like, are we there yet? Are we missing Pizarro? Because I, I'm missing oh, him. No, I mean, uh, yes. I, I, I think Pizarro, he pushed the ball. He kind of – he manned the, the middle of the field. He was, I thought, most part of the season, the beginning of the season at least, the most productive yeah. player offensively in the midfield. I yeah. I think we are missing Gregory and Mota because they're the ones that kind of connect the back line to the forwards. And, I, and I mean, 
for as upset as everybody is at Neville, you can't deny that we're missing the core of our midfield. We're literally missing our three starters. We're missing yeah. Mota, Gregory, and Pizarro. Yeah, like, man. It's, it's tough to make up for that, those losses. So I, I get it. But yes, I do think Pizarro would help a lot in the creation because there's nothing going on. Under the, the strikers, there's nobody there. Like everybody goes wide. And there's nobody under the strikers. It's 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 really tough to watch, honestly. And Pisano would, would fill that hole. Listen, having those three midfielders makes a big difference in the team's performance. And that's without coach talk. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I know we don't want to get there yet, but I mean, it's it's, it's factual. Well, let's finish up with the first half. And before we finish the first half, I did want to bring something up. After Speaking of the first half. Yeah. You've been asking for a TIFO forever. Oh. We got a TIFO. Yes. What do you think about the TIFO that we got on Saturday? Big ups. Listen, I saw a ton of people on social media clowning and saying, oh, you know, FedEx and Kinko's and all this other crap. How about you all go eat a bag of rocks because those TFOs were nice. There were several TFOs. There were a couple, you know, different TFOs. And, hey, I give them a lot of props, man. They did it. They looked nice. It was different. You know, any any sort of effort, I think, is great with the TFO game. I have a question, and I have a question. I'm, I'm going to direct it to the, to the chat. Because I'm kind of curious as to if anybody knows the answer. Oh, nice. I like the TIFO. I, I thought the TIFO was cool. My question is, why across the bottom it said our football has arrived? Like, that's what well, threw me said, off. Why did it, it say said, our football has arrived? Well, I think Lucas is as, answering that question right now. He's saying that TIFO was old, by the way. So maybe that's why it's old because... I had never it, seen that before. It says our football has arrived, which means I guess it was like the first year TIFO. Oh, you see? Yeah, Steve Munoz also chiming in here. Same TIFO from three years ago. Looks like a billboard ad on 95. I mean, look, guys, this was the first I liked time. It. I, this was the first time me, okay, Chris, that I've ever seen TIFOs out in those stands. And, and it wasn't just a big wide one, right? We're talking about, I think they threw out like two or three additional TFOs. Yeah, those vertical hey, man. ones. Yes. Those, I mean, look, hey, we've been wanting our our supporter groups to kind of get together and do something as a whole. And I think that this game was something that I got to give them all props for. You know, Southern Legion, Vice City. I mean, you know, all the supporter groups, you got to give them at least a little bit of respect for what they did. Because if it was that easy to just go to Kinko's and go get a damn TIFO, then everybody else should be going and grabbing a freaking TIFO. Get out of here. Get out of here. Look, I, I like the TIFO. It's just the, the wording confused me when it said that our football had arrived. I was like, what does that mean? Like, I wasn't sure if there was something else to it or not. All yeah, right, Matthew, uh, so, Matthew's also saying from the pandemic, a lot it. of people here saying so, that they're old. So they're new to it. me, okay, guys. That makes sense. That makes okay. sense. All right. So what did you think in general of the first half? We had no shots on goal on the first half. What did you think in general of the of the first half? Now, I will tell you, I thought that in the first half, I thought 
uh, Joseph and Campana were finally linking up a little bit, especially after the 30th minute mark when we started getting a little more offensive. They were linking up well here and there. There was one play where Joseph laid it off for Campana beautifully, but he sailed it over the bar. There was another one where Stefanelli had the most beautiful through pass he's had all year long. Negri crossed it, but he crossed it in, crossed it in front of Campana. And it probably would have been better if he would have laid it off to Joseph, which was yeah. trailing. But again, Stefanelli, beautiful. So they had chances. There were plays there where you could have seen where there was a possibility to score, but things just didn't work out. And officially, there were zero shots in the first half. Yes, officially. I, man, it was just a brutal half to watch. It, I mean, you could see that they're trying to link up the back to the middle to the front, but then you know, we're seeing a lot of this side stuff and it's, it's really, it's really disappointing to be able to see that we can't work anything up the middle, that everything is just getting worked out to the sides. And, um, and, and, and we're, we didn't even have the speed out there to get it down on the sides. And then Negri, who's a, a freaking defender is pushing up so far. I mean, we're literally getting exposed. And, 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 and I'm going to get into that when we, we get into those that. three subs because everybody's been killing, killing yeah. Neville for those three yeah. subs. Uh, but I, I mean, can't, I can't a, do it. I, I, I think there's I a reason it. behind it, and, and we're going to get into that. But since you were bringing, and by up, the way, um, uh-huh. well, before you get into your thought, right? Uh, you know, among mm-hmm. us, yeah, everybody here has hope winning the U.S. Cup. Lucas, don't be that guy. All right, let's be nice here. All right. Let's have oh. hope. Hope is a beautiful thing. Okay. So I, I have a heat map of the game. And this isn't a, a funny one from like that I did last week. This is a serious <laughs> one. This one, yeah, yeah. This one I got from whoscored.com. Okay. This is the heat map of Inter Miami from left to right. Okay. As you can see, we are allergic to the box. We 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 stop penetrating right before you get to that top of the box and then you see how we kind of come down a little bit on the left and right side where uh i guess yellow and negri would be pushing up to cross yeah that's our offense we cannot build and there's no runs inside the box like this is where our game is played and it's frustrating to watch like you said because we have no creativity we don't we have nothing going on in that final third it's it's cross and pray or as in everybody in the chat likes to say, cross and shallah. That's what yeah. our, our game plan is. And and it, it, it's rough. And I'm going to get into those stats real quick about those crosses in a little bit also. Um, well, that, that heat map was brutal. I mean, you see that. And then if you see on, on Negri's side, he's pushing a lot up a lot more than Yedlin. And Yedlin, I got to give him credit. Give him credit where credit's due. He's running up a little bit more and he's coming back on defense. Him and Miller were probably the best defenders on the field. Let me tell and you something. And, and, creators. Yes, that's what I was going to say. If you watch that game over, Miller was pressing high, and he was when he would get the ball, he would push the ball up sometimes, and he was creating some plays. Like, yes. he had a beautiful through pass to Joseph, which led off to Camp. Like, there was – he was probably the best number 10 on the field yesterday, if you watch some of those passes that Miller was putting through when he finally pushed up and he had the ball on the uh, on Orlando's side of the field. Like, Miller was doing that. But the thing with Miller is he's slow. So you can't counter him getting back, which is how they ended up scoring later on in the game. But um, before we get into the second half, 
I did have a question for you. Uh, I know you were drunk, so maybe you don't remember. <laughs> a lot of people are talking crap about the halftime show. What was the halftime show that everybody is pooping on? Because I have I never no idea. I always go to Bustelo. No? Okay, maybe somebody in the chat can fill me in. Something no was idea. going on in the halftime show that I heard some people pooping on. Uh, okay, I, well, I missed the halftime show. I'm always at the Bustelo stand. I so. mean, what happened? Did, like, Britney Spears come out or something? Or did we get uh, Britney Spotis? I mean, like, uh, I, think, I think Britney Spears would be a, a good, an entertaining show, no? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, a train wreck, kind of, but it would be entertaining. So far on Instagram, it's been kind of scary watching her. Uh, Matthew chiming in the halftime show was bad you're offering absolutely nothing matthew what the hell happened okay Uh, all right we have lucas says it was a local artist never do that again uh matthew said okay here we go here we go matthew a bunch of nobodies yeah let's go baby let's go we're not we're not pooping on local artists no they're they're trying to make it no F, f you guys that's messed up Oh, they're, they're trying to make it. Don't poop on them. Forget it. I take it back. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm trying to edit this out later. All right. Um, all right. Second oh, half, Chris. What were your thoughts on the second half? We had no shots in the first half. Second half, we came out. What are your thoughts on your second half? On the second half, it was a lot better. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that it was a lot better because, number one, you take out a defender. Well, you take out a defender, but then we ended up replacing a couple defenders. But um, I thought it was a lot better. There was a lot more connecting plays in the second half. Um, I thought that Coco Jean made a little bit of a difference getting on. I felt like uh, Taylor also came on and, and made a little bit of a difference. Those substitutions to me were were critical, critical in the game. We needed those. Um, what did you think of? Wait, no, Taylor. Taylor actually. Wait, did Taylor start? No, Taylor came in as a sub. He came in like the seventh. Oh, that's right. It was Coco Jean that that started. Yes, Taylor came yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. What did you think of Campana's goal? Well, I thought that it was fucking ballsy. I thought that that goal was extremely needed. He found the space for it and decided, I'm just gonna yolo this into the back of the net. I mean, this is this is kind of what we paid Campana to do, no? Right, you got to take the game over when when somebody's yeah. not giving you service, you create your own service. Now, I will yeah. tell you, when I was watching that back, if you say, if you go back and you watch that replay, um, he gets the ball, yeah. and I felt like he was he he stood on the ball for a second, right? He held up the play, and I felt like he was waiting for Coco Jean to kind of make that run to the right flank to feed yeah. him the ball to get crossed in right that's usually what what they do that's the game the typical yes but coco jean didn't do that he didn't run to the right flank for some reason he cut into the box yeah. and he gave leo uh, campana no choice he had nowhere to pass the ball yeah. so he went ahead and he started dribbling towards the middle of the field which is where he ended up finding the space to kick, take that shot but if coco jean ends up going to that right side of the field i think he lays the pass off and he doesn't take that shot I don't think there's the freedom to do that. I think the game plan is build up the side. Always build up the side. And I, I felt like th- that was creativity, but because Coco Jean messed up. That, that's how I felt. I, I'm going to use a hockey term here, Richard. So uh, here's a ding for you. I feel like he deked it towards his left, which is his strong side. 
And so the moment that he shifted it towards the strong side and set the ball in front of him in open space, he kind of knew that he was going to blast that. I don't think that that play would have been made in terms of a pass, no matter but, where anybody would have been. But before he deked it, like you said, he held up the play. He was waiting to see what runs were being he made. He was. And Coco yes. made the run into the box instead of into the, to the right flank. And I think yeah. that that's when he kind of went off to the left. Um, and look, yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, Joseph made a good run also, but Leo didn't have the, the angle to give him the ball. Um, I, and, and speaking of Joseph. I feel kind of bad for him. Well, did did you or did you not get a little bit of Iguain vibes throughout that game with Joseph? Because it's the first time that I see him constantly doing this. And he was doing those a lot. Like, he was throwing up his arms. You could tell he was visibly frustrated. And up until this point, I feel like he's kept it pretty in. Like, he's kept it in. And I thought he's been doing a pretty good job. You know he's frustrated, but he's been holding it in. But I felt like it's showing a lot more over the – especially on Saturday. I felt like it was showing a lot more. Listen, uh, you could tell that he's just not getting the service on, how, you know, how he wants it. Uh, I think that if we had better midfielders giving him the passes, I think he'd be able to do a lot better. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody's kind of expecting him to just sort of make plays, create plays. But, I mean, what what uh, what can you expect from him? Like, like uh, is, it too, is it too much to ask to have someone to pass it decently to him or are we expecting him to create completely because i mean i don't know if you saw during the game he was backing up towards the middle of the field trying to create plays as well yeah i saw him going out to to, to midfield to try to to get the ball and that that also is similar to what Iguain used to do he's like nobody's getting me the ball where i need it i'm just gonna go get the ball myself so um i, I agree with that also i didn't notice that and, um, and and right he, yeah, there's a couple of people that are talking about it. And Steve chimes in, only Tata Martino can save Joseph. Um, you know, Gabriel is kicking in. It's normal. No one gives him one good ball. Uh, Lucas also chiming in. Joseph was pissed. He's making the passes. Uh, felt like he should have been more selfish. That I can I that I can actually agree with. So maybe he's here because let me tell you, there were two plays where he came back and he gave Campana solid passes, at least on two plays yeah. that I can remember. And so the fact of the matter is, is he said I thought Campana, Campana had a bad game. I thought Campana yes. had a bad game. Yes, he did have a bad game. It wasn't his best, even with a goal, mind you. And we're well, talking that's about why nobody's Joseph. trashing him right now. Of course, but that's because everybody's eating the goal down but they're not seeing the Joseph two, three passes that he made to, to Campana and Campana completely blew it by either blasting it or going off sides. Yeah. yeah. You know, if yeah, we're going to sit a, that, here, that we're going to, yeah. we're going to bash coaches. I mean, we got to hold players accountable too, you know? All right. Well, let's talk about the goals that Orlando scored. So Ooh. we tied the game one, one after Campana scored. And I don't know about you, because I know you were in another world. But at that point, I thought, we're going to win this game. Like I, I really did feel that way. Like Something's going to happen, and we're going to get one yeah. more goal, and we're going to get because, you know, we don't kiss sisters here. Like It's either yeah. win or loss. One of only yeah. two teams to never draw, us in Montreal. Maybe we'll finally draw with each other on Saturday. But up until now, only two teams haven't drawn, and we're one of them. And I was like, this isn't going to be a draw. We're going to win this game. And boy, was I wrong. 
Yeah. We started pressing. We pressed more. We we drew, right? Before we drew, I felt like we weren't pressing a lot. We didn't have a high line. We weren't pressing a lot. But yeah. for some reason, we drew, and all of a sudden, we're like, okay. I smell blood in the water. Let's go for the win. I felt like that, that's what happened. Heat. And they started playing a high line. And it, that that goal happened so quick. It was, I don't even know who it was that, that made that pass to the midfield. Carrick got it and just chipped it over Miller. And let me tell you something. Yeah. Playing a high line with somebody like Miller is horrible because he's slow. Yes, He's not going to win a foot race. No and way. he got out hustled. And it was a one-on-one yeah. against Drake. And then, it, I mean, at that point, Drake had no chance. And it, it was it was really frustrating to see that counter and, and the way we gave up that goal in, in a blink of an eye. Well, and it's like you said, he's not winning. He's not winning a race against anybody right. at any given he's not point. Recovering, no. And the worst part is, is that on that counter, he was legitimately the only one available to defend. Because if you noticed on that play, everyone was almost at the half line mark. And here he is. He's probably the, the high only. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I actually felt so bad because you see some of the midfielders and defenders just trying to bust their ass to get back. There's no way. You guys got no shot. This guy, yeah. uh, the, the, the ball's going in the back of the net. Sorry about Bard. Sorry, but not sorry. And look, and uh, then, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Pete. I can't agree. They're not all slow except Yedlin. What about Negri, the Punisher? You know, I feel bad saying this, but I really think Negri's overrated. I'm, I'm just gonna let that sit there. I'm just gonna I'm let just that saying. simmer there. Just let, let, the, let, the, let the viewers watch that marinate and cook a little I'm bit. Saying. You know, I think, I think we can, uh, I think he's overrated. Um, that's, that's kind of factual. I, I feel like as a left back, he is overrated. Yes. That's just, that's yes. just what I believe. Um, so we we gave up that gold. It was two one, and um, at that point, I thought we still had a chance to tie. I remember I, I looked at you. I don't know if you remember this, but I told you, you know what? I think we're gonna get out of here with a draw. Even when we were yeah. down two one, I was like, something's gonna happen. I just I could not believe that we would just score one goal, and I was like, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here with a draw. And then the eighty second or eighty third minute happened, and this is the the talking point after Saturday. The three substitutions. Yeah. And the substitutions were, who was that came in? It was Harry Neville came in. Um, who else? Ian Frey. Uh, Ryan's, Ian Frey and Ryan Saylor, right? Yeah. I, I got that right? Yes. Those are the three substitutions. Now, everybody is killing Neville for putting in three defenders. Now, this is the issue. Like we've talked about, Plenty of times. Our fullbacks, our left and right backs, they are not necessarily defenders. Yeah. Negri is our best offensive player. Like you said, Yedlin was running back and forth all game. Yedlin was exhausted. Therefore, you put Harry Neville in for Yedlin. Although he is a defender... As, so, as soon as he came in, he was up on top of the field taking yeah. the ball into the box, if you watch back. Yeah. Like, he came in. He is technically a defender, but he is contributing mm. offensively because we yeah. only built up the wings. So, Neville was technically an offensive 
substitution. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you say he's a defender. That was an offensive substitution. Yeah. Okay? Ian it was a like for in. like. It was a like for like substitution. Yes. Yes. And yes. Yes. Technically, Yedlin is a defender and so is Harry Neville. Yeah. But Yedlin and Negri contribute offensively. Harry Neville was there to contribute offensively. Ian yeah. Frey, he was put in there to help kind of create in the midfield. Yeah. And I, I get it. He's not necessarily the ideal person, but who else on the bench is? Pizarro's not there. David Ruiz isn't there, which isn't necessarily somebody you count on, but he wasn't there. Kramashi wasn't having a good game. So Ian Frey was there to contribute offensively. Can you yeah. think of anybody else that they could have put in to help in the midfield? Because nobody was creating in the midfield or filling in those spaces underneath the strikers. There's only one There's only one midfielder and one forward that was available for substitution at that point. And it's Victor Yoa and Borgelin. And okay. you're not going to so, put Borgelin in for Leonardo Campana or Joseph Martinez when you're still trying to get your best players to get points. And you're not putting uh, Uyoa in. Just you're not. All right. And before, and I'm gonna get to that Borgelin point in a second, but real quick, then the last substitution was was uh Kamal Miller came off for Ryan Saylor. Kamal Miller, come on, man. Like he was playing a high line, he was running back and forth, he was trying yeah. to get back when they scored on him. He was exhausted also. So yeah, I understood those substitutions to an extent. Harry Neville, I thought was an offensive substitution to an extent. Yeah, I thought Ian Frey would help link up passes a little better in the midfield the last 10 minutes. I got that also. So I I I pushed back on the thought that it was all defensive. I pushed back on that. And now everybody's like, okay, what about Borgelin? What has Borgelin showed you that tells you that he is going to help offensively? Borgelin is slow. And if you tell me it's because he's tall and if our game plan is to cross it in, that's another tall guy to head it, I'll give you that. And if we're going to say that, then I agree. If you choose to take off Joseph for Borgelin, I agree. But if it's not to take off Joseph, then Borgelin had no place on that on that pitch. What do you think of what I just said, Chris? What I think is put me in and I'll get a couple of assists. Mm -hmm. I'm the new Pozuelo in town. Okay. I don't need that. I'm not in Turkey. Come find me in Homestead. But no, with all seriousness, right? It's it's exactly a fact what you said. What have you seen in Borgelin that's going to tell you, I think it's a good idea to take out either Campana or Martinez? Absolutely nothing. And if you notice, when we started bringing up this conversation, the chat got kind of light. Everybody's been kind of <laughs> crazy about how we brought in these three defenders. But, like, let's really think about this, guys. I mean, let's look at who was on the bench. Right? You got Borgelin. You're not putting him in for Campana or for Joseph. You're not doing it. And if and you're going to put and, in... and real quick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just real quick. And if, if you're telling me that, again, if you're going to put him in because you hope to get his head on the on the receiving end of some crosses, I get it. But if you, in all honesty, if what you're looking for is uh, – because up until that point, the only goal we had was a, a, a masterful play by Campana. So what you're looking for is somebody to give you some magic. Are you expecting magic from Joseph or from Borgelin? Don't say I mean, that. Look at what, no, don't, don't do that. Look don't at do what that. we're doing, do guys. That. Look do at that. what we're doing. <laughs> don't do that. Like, I'll take what are we doing here? Right? I mean, let's... All right. Not only are we going to talk about those last three uh, substitutions 
and how wrong everybody is about those substitutions. I'm not saying everybody's but, wrong. I'm saying that I, I am saying that I disagree listen, and I'm I push saying back every, with what everybody's saying. I'm saying everybody is wrong. And yeah. not only that, but if you really think about it, imagine if, and this is, of course, all hypothetical stuff. So maybe I'm just like dreaming in Disneyland here. But imagine if we had, uh, imagine if we had Gregory. Imagine if we had Mota, if we had Pizarro. Three of these other guys, you wouldn't even be seeing sniffing the bench. Mm -hmm. So... I I mean, what are we doing here, guys? Like, we clearly have a gaping hole in the midfield. It is as clear as day. And everybody was was getting on Neville about putting in the three defenders. And my understanding, did anybody ask the question after the game in the press conference? Why he put in the three <laughs> defenders? Yes. Yes. What did he say? Do you know what he um, said? I mean, I don't remember exactly what okay. he said verbatim, but well, I mean, he, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I, I get that that people. Um, it, it's almost like when you say he put in three defenders, everybody thinks we're down a goal. Why are we trying to defend more? That, that's not yeah. what happened. Yeah, all of, we didn't put these three like. players in, and, and right, we, we didn't put in these three defenders, and all of a sudden parked the bus. That's not what happened. Yeah, that's not like that's not. We put in these three guys because that's what we had to work with. And Harry Neville is being offensive. He, he wasn't defending. He was all the way up the top right flank. He was trying to help in, on offense. Like Ian Frey, he wasn't back there inside his own box. Like we got caught on a counter when they scored that third goal. Like we didn't get defensive. We stayed yeah. aggressive. Maybe you don't like the players that he put in, but there were no other options. Listen, so, I'm, so this whole like, oh, he put in three defenders. What an idiot! Uh, no, no, that's not what happened. That's what was available. Harry Neville came in as an offensive substitution because he was going to help offensively, not defensively. Like, well, what are you guys talking about? Yes, technically the defenders, but there was nothing else available. Now everybody is saying, oh, Lakava, 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 get the fuck out of here. Who wants to yeah, see Lakava in the game? We're I'm not super taking out Joseph for LaCava. We're super stretching with LaCava. <laughs> I'm about to get I'm about to get Inter Miami's favorite attorney and sue all you guys for defamation, whatever that is. Oh, you guys are getting kind of Facebooky. All right. I'm not gonna lie. Guys are right, getting so, kind of Facebooky. So to wrap up Saturday's game, which was oh, honestly a mess. I am down for this, Lucas. Oh, time of the I mean the time of the day for Lucas. I mean, he's on a fucking roll. Let's just start a GoFundMe to bring back Pozuelo. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Uh, guys. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about the actual game on Saturday. Um, before we start talking about all the fun stuff. Hmm. Did you see that we only got three minutes of added time? Uh, How yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. Was that what would it have changed the outcome of the game? No, it wouldn't have. But still, when we played, I think it was Atlanta, they randomly gave them nine minutes. Yeah. For what? Why the hell did they get nine minutes? Well, that's because it was and the storytelling. Game, ah, don't the, give me that um, shit. For, for this game, there was three second half goals, and then a guy like his hamstring literally like fell off his body 
They had to go search for it. The game stopped for like 10 minutes while he's rolling around on the ground, and we get three minutes? Again, it wouldn't have changed anything, but it's BS because and- we need to figure out a way to, to, to get this to be automatically timed. Like, stop the clock from now on. Do something because these refs are out of their minds with this whole adage time. Well, and you're not even bringing up the biggest thing. You have Galese, the biggest bitch in Orlando, holding the ball for like a minute and a half. Yes. Like, yes. There was a point where I saw Taylor, like, right in front of him and looking at the ref, like, what are you doing, my guy? It's been like five minutes here. So Galese is just eating shit. And we only get three minutes. I think I lost, I'm pretty sure I lost my voice yelling at that guy. So, him wasting time, the Orlando player losing his hamstring somewhere on the field. And then three goals, and yet somehow that's only three minutes of added time. Again, yeah, I understand it wouldn't have changed the outcome, but we got to get something going because this is BS. Lucas, and the fact that Galaxy didn't get carded for any of that crap either. Saturday was a complete S debacle in in every which way possible. Yeah, but all right. So let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. We have now lost two games in a row. This has been quite the up and down season. We started with two wins in a row, and then we lost six in a row. We won five in a row. Now we've lost two in a row. Uh, Before, before, Chris, I'm going to ask you if you're finally on the train. But before you do, I, I went back, and I went back only to April. I went right before we went on that. We had that bye week, right? Yeah. The game before, which I believe was Dallas, okay? And I wanted to see, I looked up a, a specific stat that I'm going to give you right now. But I think we finally got on that uh, five-game win streak because we started playing the counterattack. Again, I've said boring, but with this roster, the fact that we don't have any playmaking in the middle of the field, no 10, it's effective for us. We can grind out wins, right? Stop playing up the wing so much. Let's just play the counter. And let's the little bit of chances we get, we, we kind of capitalize with, right? That, that's the goal. Neville got away from that the last two games. So I wanted to run down a stat for you, okay, before you tell me if, if you're tired of Neville or not. We have said the new strategy this year is cross and pray, or as the chat likes to say, cross and shala. Here we go. That game on, against Dallas, how many times? Well, I'm just going to give you. That game against Dallas, we crossed the ball 23 times. We lost that game. Then we came back off that bye week. We played against Houston. 20 crosses. We lost that game. Then we played against Columbus. We finally won. Only 13 crosses. Against Atlanta, we beat them. Only 10 crosses. The following week against New England, we beat them. Only nine crosses that game. Then we lost to Nashville. 15 crosses, creeping back up. On Saturday against Orlando, 21 crosses. When we depend on playing up the wings and crossing it in, it is not working. He is a professional head coach. He should know this. If he doesn't know this and doesn't recognize this, he is not competent enough to run this team. So I ask you, Chris, Phil Neville out. Yes or no? No. I'm not there yet. What are you gonna do? You're gonna so what's so what's the what's the game plan here? We got no Gregory, we got no Mota, we got no Pizarro. 
I mean, we just talked about it. What are you gonna do? You're gonna put in Uyoa. He's your guy now. No, nobody wanted to see Uyoa. Nobody wanted to see Uyoa in the middle of the field for the last like five games. All right. But then now, so okay, so what are we gonna do? So now we're gonna put our trust in two kids, Ruiz and Kramashi, and hope that they you play the counter. You play the counter, which is what we said could work for this team. What what we saw did work for this team. It's not like we wanna, beat nobodies. We I beat wanna, Atlanta, wanna, which is a good team. Columbus, which is a good team. New England, which at the time was number one in the East. We beat good teams with this strategy. So why back off of it? We said, oh, we have less than 50% of the possession. We're winning. All of a sudden, we have 60% possession and we lose. It, it, it all makes sense. I want to I wanna mention something here. I want to mention something here. We have Kamal Miller, who everybody mm-hmm. everybody's pretty comfortable with, is a really good player, right? Yes. I think five years in the MLS, right? He's mm-hmm. got like a, a legendary card on FIFA. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I got it, just so everybody knows. Now, in the interview that he had, he was asked in the post-game press conference about some of the performance. I'm going to read some of what he said in verbatim. He said, Chris, DeAndre, and myself did well back there. Who else did he miss on that? Negri, who's pushing up way too much, doing all those hundred crosses. Couldn't find that final pass. Where's the midfield at, Papa? Where's it at? Then he says he thinks that things got better after changing from five in the back to four in the back and then finishes finishes it off by saying doesn't think it had anything to do with tactics. So how is it that we can be able to say that this is all tactics-driven or at least mostly tactics-driven, our, our failures, but then you have a player who's had five years in the MLS who's been great talk about how he is literally telling you it has nothing to do with tactics. Because he's a good soldier. Ah, uh, don't do that. You think he's going to throw his coach under the bus? Didn't I mean, Campana say that Campana it was ta- tactical? That last week. Right, yeah. but look, and, and speaking of which, speaking of which, I thought that the whole Campana thing, uh, I give him props <laughs> for, because I believe it was Ian Hess that was interviewing him. Ian Hess doesn't speak Spanish, so he answered him in English. And I think some things might have gotten lost in the translation as, as him trying to trying to speak Could English. That, uh, look, I, I, I thought about that. I, I don't think he was really saying like, yo, Phil Neville doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He has us playing messed up formations and tactics and whatnot. I really think that that was uh, more of a, you know what, uh, we I, I appreciate you speaking English, but yeah. let's, if he would have said it in Spanish, I would have taken it a little more seriously, to be honest with you. And, and look, Lucas is chiming in here saying Miller also said uh, this is the worst locker room that has been since the losing streak, but later said it won't. Uh, that it won't let the lo- the loss versus Orlando affect them like that. That's super cliche player stuff. That is cliche player stuff. But like, if if I mean, let's uh, look. Am Bill I Neville being too? Apo- am I? I don't know about Bill he has, has to, to go. go. He if has he to loses go. against Montreal, I'm. I, if he's if he loses against Montreal, which we'll probably talk about on our next podcast, when that comes, then we got some big problems. Because not only is he going to lose to Montreal, but he's going to lose strictly to Lasseter and Duke. 
Because that's how it's going to play out. You know that, that, right? Like, that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, Lasseter scoring on us. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something. Off of an assist from Price Duke. Yes. Oof. Oh, my God. The, Two Lasseter. Anderson special. I hope he gets a freaking hat trick, bro. The only thing that can make that better is if Kamal Miller hits like, scores like an own goal or something. Yeah. That would be the only way to make it even better. Um. Okay, so you're still not – well, I, I, I look. I think that he has to go just because we felt like – he had finally kind of figured out, let's see, this roster just isn't that team. He cannot do anything offensively. We can't create up the middle. Going up the wings isn't working. So let's just play the counterattack. And I, I, for the most part, I thought that that was working well. So I was really surprised that he got away from it. And, and, and yeah. you can see, all, those, all the times that I told you that we lost, almost all of them, we crossed the ball over 20 times that game because that was our only – only option. Yeah. That that was our yeah. offense. Atlanta, Listen, only nine crosses. New England, 10 crosses. Like, come on. Like, but it is telling that for a lot of those games where we had less than double digit crosses, we had, I guess, what would be considered a decent midfield. Well, we were playing the know. counter, though. That we were playing the counter. Um, a lot, and I saw some people in the chat bring up the fact that Neville has lost his cool, and you could tell in the post-game press conference. Oh, look at that. And Esteban Dito asking you shall receive. Um, so supposedly he, he lost his cool with Franco Penizo. Um, I saw the he clip where he says, cool. yeah, he said, you know, you, you're not going to let me finish or something. And then he cussed and he apologized for cussing right after. You ah, think he's losing his cool? Andres. I'm going to sue you with yourself, Andres. <laughs> you, um, you think he's losing his cool? I think he is. He feels it. He feels the Listen, hot seat. Uh, it's like we spoke a little bit on the phone earlier about what's been happening the last couple of days. And and we've had a couple of conversations about how the media sort of, you know, covers and questions the, the organization. And one thing that I'm going to stay solid on, and I, I know you're solid with it as well. Um, I got to give props to, to Franco Panizo because he does legit ask some very uncomfortable questions to the coach and to the players. And he put him in a bind where, you know, look, Phil, if you, if you can't answer the question, I mean, what's, what's the deal? You know, he, he was on a, a podcast yesterday with, uh, with, uh, geez, I just Peter lost Brown. it with Peter Brown and Ed. And he mentioned that, you know, he got interrupted during his question and then here Phil Neville comes with the with the double guns blazing, like, hey, you don't interrupt me. And um, I don't know. I thought that that was kind of uh, – I, I thought that that wasn't big on Phil Neville. He should have known better. I think that that was a legitimate question that he was asking him, Franco. What was the question? You know? the, the question that Franco asked Phil Neville was – well, number one, I think one of the questions that he asked was about the – the changes in defense and geez, what was the other? He brought up the, the Campana interview. He brought up the Campana interview, how he basically said that it was tactics and stuff like that. And right there, you could tell that he was that Phil Neville was just super uncomfortable because he questioned him immediately. Let's say, did he really say that? Oh, really? He did. Oh, really? That's what. And then, so at that point, it's like what, uh, it's like what Franco said, he's questioning, franco's merit 
he's fr- he's questioning Franco's, I guess, his work. I mean, these are factual quotes. So, of right. course, he's going to feel some type of way because he's thinking that Franco's lying. But, dude, this is facts. This is actually spoken about. Now, whether you feel uncomfortable about that or not, that sounds like a you problem, buddy. Well, I, I unfortunately feel like Neville needs to be out. And from what I'm seeing... People that were kind of like with you or like on that border are starting to come over also. And I think that, look, one, you can't look as bad as you did against your in-state rival. As a fan, yeah, that's like the worst thing you could do. On top of that, you've looked bad. You've looked bad for a large portion of the season. You're five and eight. You've lost eight games. You've only won five. You, and the first you two know- games, I'll keep saying it, they were luck. But you know where I agree, though, is you can't look that bad and not answer questions and not have actual legitimate answers to show the fan base and to show the organization that there's going to be some light at the end of this tunnel. You can't. You can't have showings like this. But all right. But that's where Phil Neville as a coach. That's where he does have to come through and show us some light. What the hell has he shown you that you're still on this, uh, like keeping Phil Neville? Well, well he. It's or do you not just want to be a contrarian? What, it's not about what he has shown or not shown. It's about the fact that we have no players in the middle of the field right now. We have no players. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Well, if David Ruiz can come in and do what he did, I would try Ian Frey there. I mean, listen, I would try like Ian Frey about- there. And- Mm-hmm. It's like what we talked about last time. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose by putting Ian Frey back there? You have absolutely nothing to lose. Like, I would take him over Uyoa, and I would take him over that horrible display we saw on Saturday. So hopefully that's what we start seeing. Because Listen, we're putting I, I Coco, Jean, Coco Jean and Kramashi were in the and middle of the field. And that's another thing. How are, you, how, are you, how are you supporting this guy when he keeps putting Coco out there over Taylor? Because he's got wingers and wingers and left back wingers and right back wingers and wingers and wingers. He's he's got no midfield to work with. His his only real midfielder was Dixon Arroyo. Okay, but my question to you are. is my, my question to you is if you want to put your best team out there, why would you not have Robert Taylor out there over Coco? Robert Taylor can create. He can take on players one-on-one. Something that that almost nobody on this roster can do. But Robert Taylor is Neymar light sometimes with the ball at his foot. He could take on players one. If Robert Taylor should be on the pitch over Coco. (laughs) Hazel Lopez chiming in. Today's episode is our record number, which is true. Five, zero, and eight. Oh yeah, look at that. I was I was yeah. confused at first when I saw that. Listen, and, well, I, and I, you're you're not wrong. There's so Danny. many reasons, but there's so many reasons why this guy is not showing any competency in what he's doing. And I understand as a fan, who the hell are we? He literally played professional soccer in the English Premier League. He literally played for the English national team. Like I get it. He knows yeah. he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. I understand this. Yeah. But there are a few things that I could kind of understand as a viewer. And some of the things that I can understand, Robert Taylor is better than Coco. Crossing hasn't been working. And the counterattack, although boring, worked. So let's keep doing that. And I don't care that he knows more football than me. I know 
that he should know that. I'm just saying, bro. The only player we had playing this midfield that actually plays the midfield was freaking Arroyo. Guy came in like five days ago. Okay. Kromashi too? Weren't you on Kromashi's jock? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's kind of a crazy person. He goes all over the place, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Well, no, when he would when when they had him playing under the strikers, almost like at number 10, I thought he was doing yeah. very well. But this he game, was. they had him coming out wide. Why? Why? Yes. What correct. is Phil Neville doing? What is he doing? He's got to get out of here. I'm sick of him. Ugh. All right. So what are you hoping to see tomorrow against Nashville? Well, I mean, I could see. I, I could imagine what you're hoping to see. This guy not on a plane. To, uh, uh, well, not even not on a plane. The, the home games game. tomorrow. Yeah, you're hoping he's not a dry pink tomorrow. Look, the there. changes that I'm hoping to see is that Taylor gets some more playing time. I think Taylor should play like the whole game. Um, I really don't want to see Negri with that pushing up crap. I'm getting real tired of it, of his offensive contribution, right? And I'm putting bunny quotes in the air. And at the end of the day, like, it's really infuriating to see him do that, and then he plays absolutely no defense. It's brutal. So that's what I'm hoping to see or not see. Thank you, Lucas, for this. Oh my god. Phil Neville's record with Inter Miami, 82 games, 31 losses. I'm sorry, 31 wins, 40 losses, 11 draws. He's won 31 you know, games out of 82. You know how many And games I look and I, and I get under it. Under sanction, look, sanctions and Iguain uh, blew his knee out and and injuries and waiting for Messi and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the name of the game. You go and you get this job. Like, do you think that he, he gets to give some money back because he doesn't perform at a high rate? Like, because his team isn't winning? Like, no, he's still going to get his full salary. Am I going to get some of my season tickets back? That money that I spent every year, am I going to get some of that back because some of the players got injured? So I, I have to just settle for losses and like just sit there and be sad? No, I don't get any of that money back. And guess I'm what? Expecting to pay, I'm expecting to pay for a good product. Well, and and a right there, Luke, and Lucas is telling you half those wins came from Iguain and Pose, Pozuelo saving him. And guess what? We don't have Iguain, we don't have Pozuelo. You know who we have? We have Coco Jean and we have Dixon Arroyo. That's what we Look, got. I'm, I used to go back and forth with my father last year. Because my father used to say. This guy sucks, right? In the beginning of the season, when we had that rough start, he's like, this guy's got to go. And I would defend Neville. I was like, give him a chance. Give him a chance. And then when we made the playoffs, I told my father, I was like, you see, he made the playoffs. And my father said, no, no, no. The players made the playoffs. They made it despite Phil Neville. I thought he was just being silly. He was right. He was right. If Pozuelo doesn't show up last summer, we don't make the playoffs. No, for sure. For sure. We don't. For sure we don't. If 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 Robert Taylor doesn't make the goal of the year that game number two against Philly, we probably might not win that game. If Kristoff doesn't make love to the ball that first game and then Lasseter and Borgelin have like four tries at it at an empty net, basically, we don't win that game. Phil Neville has done absolutely nothing, nothing You're that terrible. I think 
has gone and contributed to us winning. I thought, and I was trying to give him credit for parking the bus and playing the counter. I was like, you know what? Good job, Phil. You realize that this roster sucks right now because of the injuries. So let's do what we have to to win. But for some reason, he came, got away from it. Why? If it's working, if it's not broke, don't break it. Like, that's the yeah. saying, isn't it? It's working. Why are we getting away from it? Whatever. I don't even know why I'm bothering with this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I get the frustration. I'm, I'm frustrated myself. I'm giving myself until Montreal. You're not frustrated. Get out of here, I man. Am. I am. I you're, am. You're cashing those checks. Shut up. <laughs> Predictions for tomorrow, sir. I mean, uh, at this point, like, who cares about the game tomorrow, right? I uh, I think that tomorrow we're going to win in penalties. And the score is going to be 2-2 okay. to end the game. And we're going to win in penalties like a bunch of weirdos. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, do you think he changes his tactics tomorrow? He went extra defensive against Nashville last week. Obviously, it didn't work, right? Um, what does he do this? What does he do tomorrow? Do you think he tries it? He just tries. What's the tactics going in tomorrow? I think that he is going to change his tactics tomorrow. I think that there's probably going to be one up front. I don't think he's going to go with a two-striker set. Not only because we just finished playing Nashville but because he probably doesn't want to show his cards for the upcoming game against Montreal. That's what well, I think. Well, you know what? That's another question. Do you think what holds more weight for you and then for Phil Neville? Tomorrow's game or Saturday's game? Because I'm more concerned about Saturday's game. Yes. But I've always told I, you I'm not too worried about the Open Cup. Like, that doesn't really mean too much to me. I, I'm, I'm, more concerned, I'm more concerned about Saturday's game than tomorrow's game, but I can guarantee you that the organization – the club is more concerned with tomorrow's game because that's a so? faster way to get over to uh, some silverware. Yeah, exactly. Not well, not only some silverware, but the the winner of it plays into this. Uh, what's this the tournament, guys? The uh, no, 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 no. Like, yes, no, not the U.S. Open, but like if you win the whole thing, right? Don't you play like in this big tournament where the the Champions uh, League for Concacaf? Uh, yes. Huh? Exactly. So, like, that's the fastest way to, like, get eyes seen, no? So, I would imagine that the organization would see tomorrow's game as more important than a game against Montreal. Did I say Concacaf? Oh, my. I think I, think I did. Oh, cha cha Champions League. That's what Steve Munoz said. Yeah, Champions yeah. League for Concacaf, huh? Yeah. And then Lucas I, chiming I... in. Duke is going to turn into prime Messi, which I believe it. I believe it. Well, we're gonna it. talk about we're gonna talk about Saturday's game on Wednesday. I'm just kind of yes. curious to see if we're gonna be talking about another disaster on Tuesday night or if we win somehow. And if yes. we win on penalties, remember, according to Franco, it's still a loss or yeah. not a win. I don't know what was it he said. Yeah, same thing with Esteban. Esteban weird. is calling these like uh, El Dorado furniture games or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well. I can't make it to the game tomorrow, so I decided to give away my ticket instead of selling them. And uh, I gave it, I put it out there. If you retweet uh, my tweet, I'll put you into the drawing. And I think it was only like nine people joined. More, I think that's what it was. So I am going to go ahead 
and we are going to pick a winner there it is so here it is so i'm going to spin this real quick just to make and we'll sure you see. got you got sebas out on there too i don't know who sebas is there's a person uh, there's uh he just recently Se- retweeted yes because if he did then he might be shit out of luck yeah uh, okay let me let me throw sebas in there if sebas wins there might be some upset people but Ooh. sebas sebas just got added all right so sebas is in and we're just rolling let's see and the winner is Ooh, holman okay holman. Holman so we'll contact holman and let's remove him and then chris you said you are also not going to the game correct so we are going to give away a second pair of tickets so here we go holman is one winner and the next winner will be oh jose febres all right so we got our two winners so now you know you guys will send you guys those tickets tomorrow morning and uh you guys will be there south side first row and i hope that you guys enjoy it yes uh i think it's gonna be a fun game i think it's gonna be a fun game to watch well look i i usually poop all over the the open cup because i'm not a fan of it um but when it's mls teams playing against other mls teams that does interest me a lot more if it wasn't or higher. a random Tuesday, I, I, I would have tried to go just because I like to see good competition. Um, so yeah. I would have made it out there. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think hopefully it's a better game than the one we saw last week because that, that was a disaster. Maybe uh, Uncle up. Make a stop Ooh. at uh, – maybe Uncle Mad. Oh, oh make, make a stop, stop at, at uh, Tootsie's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no, that cross in Shala does not work, Hazel. We, I told you, whenever we cross 20 or more times, we lose every time. So that, that's just not working. Hopefully, we don't go with that route. Chris, anything else for the people? We ended up going a lot longer than I thought, an hour and 15 minutes. Listen, thank you guys for joining the chat. It was a freaking blast. And hopefully, by the time that we talk to you on Wednesday, we'll be further in the, in the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll be talking a little bit of Dookie. <laughs> Lassie and Dookie? Oh, yeah. Those are my oh, babies. Boy. All right. Well, and look, look, and, and I'm going to leave you with Steve Munoz's comment. Inter barely beat Hialeah, Wrexham, and Charleston. I doubt we'll beat Nashville. This is a fact. We did barely beat Hialeah, Wrexham, a.k.a. Miami FC, a.k.a. Money Laundering Kings. All right. Well, again, we appreciate you guys joining us live on the chat. We appreciate anybody listening on audio, listening all the way to the end. And we will catch you guys on Wednesday at 9 o'clock when we have uh, – I'm going to see if Sofian comes back on to talk some uh, Montreal. We had him before the season started. Until then, I hope you guys have a good one. Enjoy tomorrow's games. Holman and Jose. Peace.